Welcome back to the Boys 161st Street, episode 144. Another one closer to episode 161. Pete Alonzo wins the uh, home run derby, but he's still a pussy. He was fucking nuking those, though. That was He was literally automatic. That, and, and honestly, I was talking about before when I was watching with Damon. He was he was actually just... His his pitcher was honestly the more impressive he one. Was a, he was just he was fucking MVP. putting it right high and inside, right where he likes it, just cruising them. But yeah, Pete Alonzo was hitting tanks and I just I just wish while we're on the topic because it's just happened I wish Stanton and Judge could do it and I mean while I, I just wish and I said this before too if every single person who is like the top 10 in the home run race at that time I think you should be forced to do it I think if you're the top if like Tatis has to do it because he has that many home runs like that's that's how that's who makes the home run derby I think that'd be cool and I think if you're active, if you're an active player who has previously won the home run derby, you also have to do it. You're gonna have like a 32 person field. <laughs> I think the, I think the only situation no, where you'd like, have to do it is if you won the previous year and you have to defend your title. I like that. I I don't think you, I mean it's hard to make somebody do it who's I don't know. I just think it'd be fun. Runs. I think it'd be fun. Obviously, having Vladdy do it, he should have to do it because of the home run rule in my book. Uh, Judge should have to do it because he previously won. Stanton should have to do it because he previously won. I mean, that'd be a show. The, I mean, then you have all of the actual home run hitters. Like, Salve Perez ended up doing yeah, really, really well. He put on a show, but I wouldn't have him, guys like him in it. Trey Mancini went to the finals. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have had him in it. But, you know, I don't know. That's just how I would run the world. I disagree. Because Trey Mancini put on a show. And that's a, he did. That's a huge, and I feel good for the guy, too, yeah. That's a huge story. Would you rather see Trey Mancini do that? Or would you rather see Yoana Cespedes or like Robbie Cano try to do it again? I know they're both hurt and wouldn't be able to. I mean, active here's players, idiot. Here's what I would like to see. Like not this year, maybe, but like previous years. I would love to have like a legacy home run derby where it's like guys who who won. Maybe, maybe guys like Cano who are on, like, on their way out of their career. And they got, they have like a old timers home run derby. That'd be cool. Or like you know when they do like the celebrity like the old yeah like a celebrity game. softball game. Yeah, like even if you did it like that. Like, well, they kind of do that with the the old timers day at Yankee Stadium. I know Nick Swisher hit a fucking tank when he came back because he was one of the youngest yeah. ones to be do- in that in that old timers. <laughs> retired day. like like the year before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just getting like dingers. That'd be funny. that's unfair. I know. I, I I just hope. I wish Tatis did it. I think he would fucking. He said he's gonna do it next year. Yeah, he says that now. I just—it's almost like the dunk contest where the best players don't like to do it. I don't know why. Like we never see LeBron James do a dunk contest. We never see, you know, Kevin Durant. I'm sure can fucking throw it down. All those guys, but you I, don't—you don't see the biggest. But I will say though, this year, this year I think was more, was one of the better years where they had a lot of bigger names than previous years. Yeah, like, they were all pretty big games. Too. Yeah. Like, I, I was more excited to watch this home run derby than I have been in the past because of the big names. The best I was, thing they ever did was do the time instead of the outs. Yeah, yeah, like kind yeah. of saved it. It was starting to really trickle down a little. bit. I was more excited to watch this than watch any Yankee game ever this season, other than opening day. I think is that fair? Is that fair to say? Of recent games, yeah, sure. I think every game besides opening day, yeah, with the exception of the Astros series, which of course we'll get into. I was very excited for this. I was too. I was really excited yeah. to watch baseball. I think when so they too. 
So that being said, Yankees uh, take two out of three against the Astros, and it's kind of like old news by the time we're talking about it, but, you know, it's all we're going to talk about. It's all we have to talk about. But, you know, I think it's better that we waited this long to talk about it because, you know, if we recorded right after, it'd be emotions running hot on that that walk-off, that meltdown, throwing to Altuve, which, I mean, at this point in the ninth inning, why are we throwing to Altuve in a, in a game-winning situation? That I personally... Let's start there. Would you guys have walked him in that situation just because of the, the previous history he's had against us? Even though Chad Green was the one throwing, not Chapman. No, you wouldn't have you walked Murph. You can't. Because it's Jose Altuve. I don't know, man. Walking, that validates it. Yeah. Not, maybe not more than the walk-off. but like Maybe just pitch around him, him then. We would have been bitching about how we walked him. It would have been like, we hate Altuve. Give the opportunity to get him out kind of thing. Yeah, I guess hindsight. Like, I'm, I'm just saying that now. but Decision, but I am upset that. You know. I mean, when he got up to bat, I honestly was, I watched the entire game and then I took the subway back to the apartment and I missed the entire ninth inning and that's what they imploded. And I came back and watched the final run. I was like, El Tuve is up. It, it, it's like, it's the story has been written too perfectly for him not to walk off a home run, home run right now. Like as shocking, as shocking as it was, I was not shocked because it was El Tuve. Like as soon as he got up, I was like, "Oh my god, he's gonna hit a fucking walk off home run!" The ninth inning, or it, stop pitching in the ninth inning. Yeah, no, I, I, I was not. What did you say, Murph? I couldn't hear. I said it, and the fact that it's this year's Yankees team, which decides not to pitch in the ninth. Yeah, inning. yeah. No, I, I'm not. I wasn't shocked at all by that. I am kind. Of, I am like shocked, but not shocked at the same time, like you guys said. But I don't know. And it, it's just another thing with that game too. We we had a thing going with the whole series, at least. We had a thing. We always talk about having a thing. We want a thing. Like we had the thumbs down with Todd Frazier. We've had other things in the past with the four. Savages in the box. Savages in the box. But like when you're on the bases, you do something. And they were starting to do this. And I think that could have been something that we could have continued to do every game, just being a thing on the bases. Like you get on second base and you just go like this real quick. And I think that would be like your calling cry this season. But now that that happened, I think well, we it all... was it was because um, Odor took the jacket out, and whenever someone hit a home run, Odor was was out. Um, he was greeting the the person with the jacket to put him on. Well, why was it the jacket? Because because when Judge was Judge at his interview was like, oh, because he fucked that? around. He was like, oh, I was cold. It was, so a I, it was a little chilly. So Odor put the jacket on. Um, Sanchez when he came in, he put the jacket on. I forget who else hit a home run, and that was the thing for about two innings, and then. Fucking Altuve went there and ruined it for us. So you think for sure it's not going to happen anymore? You can't. You can't bring it. Not back. not only not just this, like the jacket thing. I wouldn't say it's for sure not going to happen, but like it's just it's such a sour taste. You can't continue to do that and then not think about the day where we had the one of the worst losses, probably the worst loss of the season so far. Hundred percent. Keep saying that. Yeah. It's like just a constant reminder of the worst loss we've had all season. I don't know. I still kind of think we can do it. I, we still won the series. Like I don't, I don't understand. That that's what people have to put in a little bit in perspective. We still won the series, and heading into the series, we said, you know, what are your expectations going into here? What do you? What would you consider a good series? And I think we're all very happy with this series. It's just the way it came about, and the fact that we couldn't sweep another. We we just can't sweep. They have an inability to sweep. Do we know the last time we actually swept a series? Because I was trying to just. I think it was the White Sox. Oh, yeah. That was a long time ago. I think that's the only sweep we have, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, yeah, it's possible. I don't know. I don't think we've swept the Orioles. It's another team that I feel like we should have swept, but we didn't. We we had so many opportunities. In the the series wins that we've had, there have been a lot that were sweep opportunities, and we just are 0 for 
on the final game of a series, which is happens to be the days that we record. So the days that we record aren't really the most exciting days because we're coming off bad games. So, you know, it's par for the course for the season. But yeah, looking back, looking past this horrible, horrible loss, we did win the series. It is annoying, though, that, you know, we said like the season's back and this that the, the Cole performance, which we'll get to in a second, that is something that we can absolutely just turn the season around. I genuinely felt that and I still do feel that. I don't think which I'd like to get your guys' takes on this too. I I don't think that Altuve home run a hundred like just completely reverses what we built with the Cole start and the game before that, with the judge home run and that that call and cry thing. I do think it it isn't you know, a short, surefire, like we turned it around because before that game and with the 7 2 lead hanging into the ninth inning, I was like, wow, this is a signature series. Cole with a fucking 129 pitch outing, 12 strikeouts, screaming at Boone, getting fucking just vibes of who was that? That was Messina back in the day. He told mm-hmm. Boone to sit or told uh, Tori to sit the fuck down. Yeah. He told Boone to sit the fuck down, which I ate that shit up. It's just unbelievable against his former team. That was just an, a crazy, crazy, crazy game. I was sitting on the couch with Alyssa. We were watching uh, uh, a new show, How to Get Away with Murder. It's a fun it's a fun show, Murph, if you haven't uh, haven't taken a peek. It's a good, very good show, but we, I was doing the thing that I've been doing this season, kind of. We have the TVs on top and then the big TV below. I was watching my show on the on the bottom because the Yankees got, you know, bounced to the, the upper TVs. They don't get the full TVs anymore, which maybe they'll get... They were going to get full TV access again, but you, get, they, you got a lot of TVs. No, but you know, whatever. <laughs> but I had it up there and I, I was, I was watching it and she didn't even realize what was going on. And then she was pissed at me for be, like, being on my phone. I was like, you don't understand. Cole just had one of the most, probably honestly, the best performance of his entire career. In my mind, I, I think circumstantial what happened like against his former team in Houston, I think for the first time since leaving, mm-hmm. Because we didn't play them last year? In Houston, probably. Yeah, definitely. I think so, yeah, because we didn't play them last year. Yeah, because we didn't play them in playoffs. So, yeah, first yeah. time back in Houston, he wasn't coming off that fucking mound. And I did say it before that he, you know, who's going to pitch the ninth? So I, I have a question for you guys. And I asked this to the to the Twitter folks. Do you think Cole going back out there was more so just because Cole was dominating? Do you think... Boone sent him out there because he was dominating, or do you think it was more of a lack of of trust in Chapman and the bullpen as a whole? Because clearly you saw what happened in Game Three. So, what do you think, Murph? I was gonna pass it over to Damon, but I just think it was kind of a combination of both. Like, if Chapman is the strong Chapman that we saw in the beginning of the season, I think that it just makes the most sense to switch it over to Chapman. But I think at the same time, Cole would have had problems getting taken out of that game, no matter how good Chapman's pitching. So. The fact that Boone let him stay in probably had something to do with how Chapman's been throwing recently, but I think that Cole still would have been vying to stay on the mound regardless. Yeah. I mean, I, to be honest, I was a little surprised because he was at like, what, 120 pitches Sick. or something like was that? Was that gone? I don't know if that was going into the inning. He was in like the 100 teens. That's a lot. That's a lot of pitches. Um, but again, like he was fucking. And then, and then like the, 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 the inning started with a single or something like that. And then. That became a little iffy if he was going to take him out or not. So, I don't know. I, I do think that the bullpen being unreliable was a huge factor. I think if Chapman was... He was up. 
Yeah, but I'm saying if Chapman was his dominant self early as he was earlier in the season, then I think he would have come in to start the ninth. But I think so too. You know, I think that distrust. I'm pretty sure um, Boone and Cole were probably having a conversation like, "How do you feel?" Yada yada yada. And then Cole was probably just lights out, just like zoned in and was just like, "I need to go out there and I need to finish this game right fucking now." And he went out there and did it. So I, I do know one thing. It's a very good thing that that game ended as it did with Cole like finishing the job because yeah. if we lost that game, whether Chapman came in or whether Cole stayed, Boone would have been getting ripped apart for either leaving Cole in lose lose situation for him by his team, which has kind of been a thing for a little while, or making a bad pitching change to a struggling reliever. So yeah. he would have been damned if he did, damned if he didn't. If we lost that game, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I am I am happy that he he let. Cole keep staying in, like stay in there. I don't know that with Cole screaming at him, he his nuts just shriveled up. Like he was not pulling him out. He, there was no chance. Do you think him going out on the mound in that moment? Do you think he had any intentions of pulling Cole at all before him even yelling at him? I think. He, do you I think, think yeah. Cole? My point. Do you think Cole screaming at him changed his mind, yes. or do you think he already was going to let him stay in? I do. It was only one out left. I think he went out on that mound with like an 85% chance of pulling him. And it was like, if he shows any hesitation about his confidence facing the next batter, then boom, Chapman's coming in. It's a a very rare situation where a manager goes out there for a mound visit without some intention of taking him out, taking a pitcher out. It's very rare for a manager to go out there. It's usually a pitching coach or a different coach to go out there and talk to him. So to think that there was no intention to take him out at all, I think there had to have been some intention if it was Aaron Boone going out there and talking to him. I definitely don't think it was set in stone, though. No, it wasn't set in stone. Because when when you're taking somebody out, you walk right out of (coughs) – sorry. You walk right out of the dugout, and you're pointing to the bullpen right out of the gate. He's going like this on his left arm if he's definitely going to pull him. So, So, yeah, there was definitely a little bit of – of leeway there, and I think obviously screaming at his fucking head off. I, I, it's funny when they asked Cole what ha- like what he said out there. He's like, uh, I forget exactly no, the he word. Was he like, is. I don't know. There's a few expletives. There's a few expletives, and then uh, I said, let's 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 uh, let's ring him up or something. Like he said, I said the f word a lot, then I blacked out. <laughs> yeah, and then I blacked oh, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and it was against Euron Alvarez too. So it's it's not a not an easy batter to get out with a hundred and fucking twenty nine pitches. Especially and it was and it. honestly that was probably his his dirtiest pitch of all of them. Ninety nine fucking tailing like crazy high and un, away. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. Ninety nine mile an hour fastball on your hundred and twenty hundred and thirty whatever pitch. Like yeah. that is unbelievable. Incredible. He, we know he, he's a workhorse, but he, still here's the other thing too is that uh Cole yelling at Boone in that situation was probably the best thing that happened to Boone because he probably went out there with some intention of taking out, but was obviously very unsure of what the fuck to do. His decision was made. Yeah. He was like, all right, this guy's yelling at me. If he fucks up, it's his fault. My my hands are tied. You know, I'm leaving him in there. And if he fucks this game up, then like it's more on him than it is on me for yelling at me. And Chandler pointed something really funny out. Did you see the, 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 the look Luke Voigt gave? Yeah. (laughs) It's like, do you think it's more Boone? Or uh, Cole screaming, or or do you think it's the look Luke Voigt gave him? Like, if you don't fucking stay in this game, I'm gonna see you in the parking lot after this, and then I'll, we'll take care of business. You know, you know what I thought about you know those that that video of the boxing referee 
who's in a shade in the boxing match and his eyes are popping out of his head. No. You know that video? No. Uh, what? If you don't, I'll show it to you guys afterwards. You know what I'm talking about, Murph? That's what I thought about. It's <laughs> just like no, very just like stargazing eyes popping out of I think I know what you're talking sock. about. Yeah. 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 If you don't, if you don't know what it is, go look it up. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah, this is bad radio, but <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's awesome. And for those, I don't think there's anybody else in the world right now that is still doubting Garrett Cole. That shut everybody the fuck up. He's fully back, and I personally want to say that I didn't doubt him. There were there were a few like, oh wow, he's he's got to he's got to turn it around. But there were a lot of people saying like, yo, Cole's done. Since the sticky stuff, it clearly he just needed to have some fire lit under his ass, and you know the random starts against the Tigers and other shit like that. It's not gonna get you going, but going back to Houston in front of a full crowd, going against your former team, and pitching a full complete game shutout with twelve Ks, that'll fucking do it in a in a back against the wall series for us. Because if this series, if we get swept by them, I'm pretty sure. This podcast right now, what we're talking about is the season is over. And I don't think that's an overreaction. It, yeah, I agree. But I, I think one other thing is that the stars kind of aligned, if you will. It was sort of a perfect storm for Cole because it did have all those external uh, impacts. Like he's pitching in Houston for the first time and whatnot. But also, he's finally had a couple of starts under him where if he was using the sticky stuff, which at this point we know he was, he had a couple of outings where he could throw without using it and mm-hmm. kind of get used to the feel of the ball with that. If you change anything about your pitching mechanics, it's going to take you a few innings to figure it out at least. So I think part of it also was that he sort of dialed it in, and got used to throwing the ball as it is without any of the sticky stuff. Yeah. I Which, think that's kind of an yeah. adjustment that a lot of pitchers are going to probably make here. Like exactly. I think we're going to start seeing pitchers get used to not using it. Mm-hmm. I, I think so too. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I think Garrett Cole is fully back. And I think, I, I genuinely don't think that that one walk off has made us not back. The offense has been put. Here's the one takeaway also I'll, I'll, I'll say is that even though we lost in that horrible, horrible fashion, the bullpen is our biggest concern right now. And it it may still be a concern. We just need guys like Chapman to turn it around because I don't think that's a, a deadline. If we do become buyers, which we'll get into a sec in a second, I don't think they're going to address bullpen. I think what we got is what we got. Um, they're obviously going to be very well for a long period of time. Yeah, which I, I expect them to turn it around. I do expect Chapman to turn it around too. I don't think he's he's going to pitch like this for a long time. I think he's he's a prime candidate that's going to be. Like what Cole just did, like you, these pitchers are going to get used to pitching without sticky stuff. We said Chapman was one of the main people that probably benefited using sticky stuff because he's such a wild pitcher and he throws so fucking hard and he gets such high spin rates and velocities, all that stuff. He'll eventually figure it out to a degree and it'll, he'll he'll turn it around. I have confidence in that. We just saw it with with Garrett Cole, so I, I'm not too worried about that. What I am happy about, like I said, even though we did lose that game eight seven. We put up seven runs. So seven runs, and we said it on the last episode since, like, July 23rd. They were fourth in the league and runs scored. The last couple games, they put up seven runs that game. What did they put up the other other games? I think they put up one, obviously, one in, the, one in the cold. Four, I think. Okay, but the offense is, is definitely coming alive, which I, I, I'm happy to see. So 
those are the silver linings we're going to take from it. And it's not, it's not even silver linings. We won the fucking series. So here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If, if we lost that game, what, like a close game, 4-3 or something like that, then we would be talking about how he won the series and that we're all fine. We're going to the we're going to the All Star break on high hopes, great momentum. We're going to come out here second half and we're going to fucking destroy the Red Sox. But because of the fact that we lost the way we did in the ninth inning on a six run ninth inning walk off by yeah. Jose Altuve, it feels like we lost the entire series and that's why the momentum's down. But it was a, we had a great game. We just fucking blew it again, which is a whole different issue in itself. But. It takes away from the two amazing games that we had against Houston, who was a great team right now, leading their division. Yeah. That being said, the next 13 games are absolutely make or break for this entire season. The next 13 games, we have eight against Boston, three versus the Rays, and two versus Philly. And that's, I believe I could be wrong. We, we said it before. I think it's the day before the deadline or around there. These next 13 games, and especially the eight against Boston and the three against the Rays, not as much against Philly, but also against Philly because it's just a race against the wild card. It's not necessarily just the AL East because, you know, we're four and a half out of the second wild card. That, that's ground that can easily be made up. We talked about this before. What's considered striking distance to be a buyer? Murph, I think you said four games. Uh, yeah, four. So we're we're right there as long as we stay within that range. You're in your mind and in probably my mind too. I'd consider us buyers. There's a, there's half a season left, so I think being within four games is easily buyer ter- ter- territory. I think even more than that. If we're a six and a half, I think I would still consider us buyers because that's a lot of time. We've seen we can make up ground like that in in three days. Yeah, Just yeah. for those those two games are going to decide whether we're buyers or sellers, if a deal comes along that we can jump on to be buyers at six and a half, seven games back, that's favorable. They're going to take it. But that being said, also these eight comfortable with them, you know, kind of jumping out and trying to actively be buyers. Yeah. But that being said, these eight and these three against the Rays in Boston, like, like I said, it's unlikely we are eight games back, but like we do still have a shot at the division. I'm still, I'm worried about just making the playoffs at this point. And, that being said, t- that cold start, I don't even give a fuck about the division anymore because I would take Garrett Cole over anybody else because when it, when it matters, that guy is going to give that energy in a wildcard game. And I don't give a fuck who you have on the other side. As long as the offense gives him one run, that's all we fucking need. And I, mm-hmm. I do believe Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole could win a wildcard game alone. And I think that's all we all we need. So we just need eight eight other fielders. Exactly. I don't give a <laughs> shit. And the teams we're probably going to be likely playing in a wild card would be either the Rays or the Red Sox and or the Athletics or Astros, depending on how that works. It's probably going to be the Athletics. Astros yeah. and wild card game would be electric. Yeah, I would prefer that. I would prefer that over the Athletics a one hundred percent. I mean, the Astros are a better team, but that'd be Cole versus former team. That that'd be good for baseball. A lot of people talking about what's good for baseball. That that showing that, that Cole just had that had a playoff vibe already. But imagine I'm a sure one game wild card. Be, to that point in the season, that would, I, in my opinion, be the highest watched game of the season. Oh but, yeah, I mean, I'm I sure agree. The World Series and some of the later rounds would have more, but like for a single game until that point where the wild card happens, that would be yep. the highest single game. game. Like just story writing itself moment. You know, we had we had this situation here at the last series where like now there's kind of some now now there's a storyline this season too with with the Astros. 
So obviously it's not as big as the Astros cheating a whole season, but it's a story and it's I mean it's gonna be it's if that happens, that'd be that'd be fucking nuts. Obviously I wanna win the series, which to your point before, Luke, about how it being reachable, I mean the thirteen games we have coming up with eight against the Red Sox, that literally is going to make or break our season. That that could put a strike that could that could put us in striking distance for the division. Or it could absolutely just detriment us and put us at the way bottom and then trying to scrap the other wins to win a wild card game. So I think it could also, put us either either or. And then also that would shoot the Red Sox into a really good spot for their own sake in the division, which would be just not great for us. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know. What what in these next thirteen games, what do you think is is bad enough to not be to not be buyers? I think if how many games out? Like honestly, I I think if we're seven games out, I still I still would be buyers. This last series gave me gave me gave me a lot of a lot of hope. Seven games of a wild card. How bad do you have to do to even get seven games? I honestly think like it's almost more likely than not that we are buyers at this point. Is that safe to say? I think so. It's safe to say. Yeah. I'm just saying in these next. We were saying these next thirteen games are make or break for us. I think if we go, you know. Four and and nine in these next thirteen that wouldn't put us more than probably seven out or that depends on other people playing well or bad. I don't know. To me, like that, honestly, the math kind of adds up there. Like you go four and nine, even if it, it depends on everybody else. But I, I think like worst case scenario, we're like seven out. Here's a tricky thing, though. We're not going to go zero and thirteen. I know, but I here's hope. here's a tricky thing about this. It's that. As important as the Red Sox series is, it could actually mean nothing in a wild card situation because the Red Sox are going to win the division. Well, it matters completely because it just wins. It's, I know, I know, but I'm saying, but saying like they're just in the way. Yeah, like it's not, it's not a direct win loss games back situation. No, but it, well, out yeah, of the thirteen, we need wins. I mean, we shouldn't be going in just looking to be a wild card team. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. There's a if, if there's a lot of baseball. Of the second half as this team can do, then. Beating the eights, the Red Sox six out of eight times is going to go a long way down the stretch. Honestly, we we need to win as yeah, like we obviously we need to win as many games as we can the next thirteen games. But if we, you know, if we win like let's say seven or eight games, I don't think that's a complete like season's over situation. Obviously, I want to win more than that, but you know, if we break even against our division rivals. It's not the worst thing in the world because you know we still are, we're racking up wins and trying to win those wild card series. So, so now that we've established that we're probably going to be buyers, let's go around the table. If you had one person that we would want on the Yankees right now, little we've been talking a lot about who we want, but now that it's so close, just quickly one person, Murph, go. Joey Gallo. I I don't have a person, but I'm I'm a hundred percent on board with pitching and not uh, a batter. So who's that? Scherzer. I mean, yeah, if I could get Scherzer, I'd fucking give anything to get Scherzer, but... I mean, obviously, Gallo's a stretch, too, but... Well, here's another thing that we haven't mentioned yet on any podcast, that the Cubs are officially sellers now, so that that brings up people like Chris Bryant, that brings up people like... Kyle Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks, that was a, that's yeah. what I was thinking of. Well, here's a th- quick quick little thing. Um, uh, Jeff Pazan. Pazan. Um, d- during the All-Star game, he said that Joey Gallo is most definitely getting treated over the next few weeks. That is interesting. 
That is interesting. He did. Don't need a plus fielder that can hammer home runs. I mean, I know we're a home run team already. We have plenty of power, but the fielding is something that nobody talks about either. Plus, he can play the infield a little bit if we need that. Can he? Yeah, he played. He came up as a third baseman. He kind of had a stinker of a home run derby. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of. Obviously, it's a. (laughs) It's a. It's a good name. He's he attracts the. He's attractive on paper. I, I think that I think that the plus fielding is something that you're right, Murph doesn't get talked about enough. Um, but I don't know. It kind of is. Right now, in my mind, our biggest problem is just pitching. Like we said it before, and we say it all the time again. You know, we know our offense has been streaky, and we've had some really really tough outings offensively, but. We can't we can't afford to continue to just blow these leads again and again and again. And that in the back end of the like the bullpen, you mean? What about a Kimbrel? Yeah, but I think I think it kind of having a nice year. Yeah, but I think that like the back end of the bullpen also kind of like if you have a starting pitcher that can go more than five innings, it kind of helps out your bullpen a lot more. That's true. So I think Kimbrel would be a nice addition. He's on a one year deal, right? He's like who? Like he's a free agent. Kimbrel? I think, no. Dude, Kimbrel has a point five seven ERA. I mean, yeah, 31.2 innings pitch. Yeah, he's, having good, he's having a good year. He's having a very nice year. He's, he is a he is a exact... Like, the definition of who would get dealt at the deadline now that the Cubs are officially sellers. That's exactly like a Chapman situation for us. Why don't you, who, who, needs, <laughs> who wants a closer? Does anybody want a closer? Or do you want to help out their bullpen? That's exactly... Yeah, that's a, like, that's the guy that... I mean, I don't know what his contract looks like, which obviously is a big part. And, you know, obviously if he's going to be a free agent or not, but we, I feel like would have to give up a pretty substantial package for him. Same with Gallo granted, but like, yeah, if we're seven games back and we're giving up a decent chunk of our farm system for a guy who might be able to help us out, but we still don't know where this team's going. Then a year from now, we could be saying that was stupid. Yeah. Just saying, keep an eye out for him. Let me take a look at his contract. He has a three year, $43 million contract. He is owed 16 mil next year, so he would become a free agent in 2023. So he's under contract next year. I mean, it's the last thing we need another That's 16 million dollar bullpen arm. We owe Britain like that much, pro- around that much, and, and Chapman like a lot more. I don't know, just Do something. Uh, hmm? Do we have the room? No, probably not. We'd have to. We'd have to. I don't know. I don't know. I would just. This is another eye. Another guy to keep an eye on in terms of who's going to be dealt on the Cubs. Just, I mean, I don't know who is available on the Cubs. <coughs> Shit, no, that's interesting. It's going to be weird how it plays out. I feel like any of these predictions that we're saying, they're going to get somebody that we haven't even thought of talking about. Like and Tim LaCastro. Be- LaCastro. No, I just hope we get somebody like, somebody big. thought we were going to get Robertson back a couple years ago. Sure enough. Like. You know, he always figures something out, and it's usually not what people predict. I feel like it's going to be no one we've ever heard of, like like LeCastro. I would uh, like. Oh, I'd heard of LeCastro just because he's really fast in the show. If we can make the story happen, that'd be so cool. That'd be so cool. That's just not going to happen. <sighs> I don't think that's even. Well, yeah. I'm just looking around the league. Happen makes me think it's going to happen, but I'm just looking around the league, like who's. In fourth and below in their division, the Royals. I definitely think Ben Attendee's still oh, in play. I would love me some Whit Merrifield, but there's no way. 
I don't think they would do with Merrifield. I think he's probably somebody they want to keep. But like Ben Attendee is exactly who they would want to flip. I don't know. Everyone was wondering why they signed Ben Attendee. All day, but the simple fact of it is. Yeah, we we have no fucking idea. But I'm just saying, Ben Attendee, we've talked about forever, and then he's exactly why. Like everyone was wondering why you signed Ben Attendee for the Royals. You're not going to compete. You have the White Sox that are going to win in the division. I don't know. People didn't really know what their deal was, and he's he's exactly that. You just get a, a guy who's coming off a bad year and try and flip him. Like that's what people do with you know. Whatever his fucking name is, uh, the Dark Knight. I forgot his name for a second. The Orioles signed the pitcher from the Mets. Oh, Harvey. Yeah, Harvey. I don't know why I blanked on Matt Harvey's name, but I thought you meant somebody. Else. Yeah, no, they, they they tried to get him to like turn back the clock for a year, and then they flip him for prospects, and that's what they did with Benintendi, and I think it's going to work, and that's what they're the Cubs are doing with Kimbrel. I don't know. This is all kind of speculation, but I don't know. I I, I think well, that is not what the Cubs did with Kimbrel. They thought they were going to be good. No, I agree, but I think that's what they're you going to do with Kimbrel now. For sixteen million to try to flip him. Agreed. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, so it's uh, it's very interesting. Keep a lookout for all the teams, all the teams from top to bottom now who are in fourth or fifth in their division. I think this is still the case, but Yankees. Obviously, I don't think we're going to be. Oh no, I think we are technically above the Orioles now. That needs to be updated, but. Uh, Orioles, Nationals, Marlins, Cubs, Pirates, Royals, Twins, Angels, Rangers, Rockies, D-backs. All those teams are probably going to be sellers. Oh, Otani. Great. Yeah, Tom, if we could get Otani, that'd be Pitching fucking cool. <laughs> nice. So, uh... <laughs> oh, and one last thing that we didn't we didn't hit on with the, the Astros thing. Just a little bit. I know everybody's seen it before, but just kind of, kind of funny that like, Altuve was flaunting that they, they, they let's take the shirt off let's show them like all that it's like arguably the worst thing you could do because it shows like that you were reluctant to take it off before and now you have no problem because of his tattoo well, did you see the thing they were like that's the tattoo he was hiding when he took his shirt well off. we saw that before it was his like no, daughter's I name like, I, I just like didn't think of it that way i was like wow come on man yeah no i mean it's, he was very clearly wearing a buzzer and it's funny that they were like, "Oh my god, let's rip the jersey off. This will show everybody like we don't care." When they don't, and they don't realize that this is like arguably the worst thing you could have done because it proves that you had a reluctance to take it off before because you were hiding a buzzer. It's just like that. I have a hot take. He had the buzzer on his leg. Take the pants off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not. I don't buy it. All right, Murph. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, tell that, I mean, that's probably, is that why Sergio Romo stripped naked before? Did you see that? Yeah. I did see that. I want to see like the end of Slapshot. Just take everything. Yeah. You got like hockey. So you yeah, it was a terrible look by him. Hockey. That was absolutely terrible. All right. Uh, before we get into our last voicemail, it's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode because we're a little few days removed from this series and it's the All-Star break, so we don't really have much to talk about. But Break for us, too. It's a break for us, too. How do you guys feel about uh, Trey Sweeney? The MLB draft just happened, and uh, I didn't really know about Trey Sweeney at all, but he is a lefty shortstop. Yankees are stacking up on shortstops, it seems. He, he seems not play shortstop. He's not going to play shortstop, though. It's... No, they're talking about him moving out of shortstop. But, uh, yeah, with the 20th overall pick, they took him. Uh, he's a left-handed hitting shortstop, which is fun, from Eastern Illinois. He had 382 with 14 homers, 58 RBIs this season, was named the Ohio Valley Conference Player of the Year. And Ohio while Valley. many... While many project Sweeney to one day move from shortstop, this pick continues the trend of the Yankees stacking up on shortstops. So, 
it's fun. It's fun. I don't think necessarily they're looking for, you know, a replacement per se. I think Volpe's been coming up. He just got promoted to, I think, Hudson Valley. Which, is that, is that yeah, double? Yeah, high A. High A? High a. Yeah, because yeah, he's playing really well. And, I mean, he, he could be good for shortstop. So, you know, they're looking at that. I, I like the idea of stacking up on shortstops, though, because it is a very athletic yeah. position. So, just yeah, getting good field. Yeah, a second. You can move him a third. I like that. Yeah, we just need fielding and a lefty shortstop's fun. Like that's I like the idea that they're just doing just there's just at least just one pick, but like keep stacking up on lefties. Austin Wells too, another lefty. Just get as many lefties as you can and finally do the damn thing where the Yankees get lefties as power hitters or just hitters in general. Play to your strengths. They haven't done that. I don't know why. So it's nice at least to see the front office is is taking that into consideration when they're making yeah. their picks. So that's the one thing I took away from that. And he seems like he's a he's a contact hitter, so that makes me happy. He probably has some speed. Seems like it. I don't know. He's a shortstop, so hopefully he does. I, I followed mean, him on Instagram the other day. I had a nice picture of him rounding third. I think. So there you go. There you go. A little right bit right of speed there. there. Here's, so. here's what I say. I'll say, great baseball name, Trey Sweeney. That's a very good point. Great baseball like name. Dansby Swanson, but way cooler. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Dansby Swanson is probably one of the best names I could ever think of. Yeah, big yeah. Dansby Swanson vibes. But great baseball name. That's half That's half of it. That is half the battle. <laughs> so let's get into a couple voicemails, and I think we will call it a day. We got a bunch of your voicemails. We kind of probably talked about a, little, a lot of this already, but let's get into it. Let's pick the first one, and here we go. Trade the whole fucking team. Don't care. Burn that, bro. Burn that place to the fucking ground. I hate that little fucking shrimp, dude. My my whole day is absolutely ruined. I'm sitting here at work, gun in the lap, like cancel the season. It's over. I like this. Let's not even talk about these. Let's just play a little bit of these rapid fire to get the vibes of Yankee fans right after that Altuve home run. So Did he say gun in the left. Altuve's yeah. tattoo that his wife was embarrassed about. Ain't seen no tattoos on that midget body. <laughs> was that it? <laughs> that was it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, a couple things. Fuck the Yankees <laughs> and fuck Aaron Boone. He can keep his sorry Mickey Mouse looking ass in the first half of the season, we need to fire him, sign CC or fucking Eric Kratz, Showalter, whoever the fuck wants to manage the team. Honestly, make Judge a fucking player coach because who cares? Because this is fucking ridiculous. Double, double, single. He keeps the, hmm, let's keep green in the game and we let the sorry little fucking midget hit a home run off of us. Fuck that, dude. Fucking stupid ass team, stupid ass team. Fuck the Yankees. I'm glad the Mickey Mouse is catching on. Yeah, I think, yeah, I appreciate that. Everybody's listening. And that guy actually called back before that during the first game. I want to play that one real quick. Eric Cole still in this game in the ninth with 113 pitches. Uh, for an analytically inclined manager, this makes literally zero sense because if Cole shits himself, then you're bringing in Chapman, who has been extremely unreliable with guys on base, which he notoriously struggles in. So... None of this makes sense because if you're going to if you're going to put Chapman in the game, let him start a clean inning. I I, I get Cole is rolling tonight, but uh, I don't know why you're putting him in the ninth. It doesn't make sense. Jesus Christ! Let's see how this ends. Old takes exposed. <laughs> <laughs> I hate 
did not age well. That one did not age well. He's like, oh, let's see how this ends. He did, he called back three times, I think. Here's a s- second one. He called back again. Fuck. We put Chapman on the IL and sent Tim McCasher to the All-Star game. Just a thought. <laughs> and then he called back again and said something else. I've seen a lot of bullshit with this team. <laughs> I've seen them blow leads, but this one is just fucking soul-crushing. We're going to sweep them into the all-star break, and now. As soon as the team gives you hope, they just take it right back away from you. It's very unfortunate. It's so fucking stupid. (laughs) I mean, he's right. That's the best one. That that sums it all up. He's right. I mean, it's it's been one step forward, two steps back. I don't think it it definitely was soul-crushing. I don't think, like I said before, I don't think it's enough to to take away the progress we made this entire series and you know you say that but if we recorded this right after that happened world's on fire we had a couple days yeah, that's why i'm glad we cooled off that's why i'm glad we're doing this now he's on a hot mic right after so it's true I, I don't blame him. that was that was minutes I want, after I what he thinks now i want to know if he's changed his mind and come to reality a little bit like we have or if he's still this fumigated over it so I don't yeah know. i think i think Probably all of Yankee Land has has gotten over and realized that we won the series and we're still in pretty good shape. So I don't know. I, I don't have anything else to talk about. We start again. When is our next game? Is it Wednesday? It's on Thursday, I believe. Uh, Thursday, Boston. Whenever the Thursday. 15th is. It is know. Thursday. Thursday against Boston. Let's do the damn thing. Yeah. Let's keep this fucking momentum going. Uh, Got yeah. a stat talk? Yeah, for those listening on the podcast, if you're listening live, that's the end of this podcast here. But we're going to throw stat talk at the end of this. So stick around and enjoy 10 minutes of stats and talking to BJ and having it blow ahead and blow our minds. So enjoy. All right. We're going to get into our um, stat talk segment of the podcast right now. And for this part, we are joined by BJ Cunningham from the Action Network, who we usually do our uh, weekly Action Network episodes with. If you haven't listened to that yet, go check it out. We release those on Wednesdays. But for this new segment, we're going to have... Um, we're going to have BJ do a little bit of research and come up with... You know, do some research about a stat that we don't know about yet. And he's going to first explain the stat and then what it is and then the number. And then Chandler and I... And whoever else is on the podcast, we're going to try and guess on the Yankees who has the highest and who has the lowest. Um, I guess every stat's different. So I'm gonna say percentile, but that's stupid. But like, who's who's leading in the Yankees in that, and who's the lowest in the Yankees in that? So let's get it going, BJ. What do you got for us today? So the first one we're gonna go with is xFIP, which is expected fielding independent of pitching. So what this does is it estimates the pitcher's expected run prevention independent of the performance of his defense. So XFIP is based on outcomes that do not involve anybody in the field. So strikeouts, walks, hit by pitches, fly balls allowed. So XFIP uses all those stats into a, a long formula. If you want to look at the exact formula, you can go to Fangraph's uh, library and it has it all right there. But it takes all of that and it approximates the pitcher's ERA using all those factors to give us a good representation of how good that pitcher is if there was no defense and if just any old defense was in the field. Um, mm. So there is another step. So this is a, an expected version of the actual FIP. So what this does is it normalizes home runs, 
they're allowed based on fly ball rate uh, rather than simply just using a raw number of home home runs allowed. Uh, So with that being said, who do you guys think has the lowest XFIP on the Yankees of guys who have pitched at least to 40 innings? And just to clarify, lowest is, is good. Lowest. lowest is good. So the, the XFIP is very similar. It's to ERA. Mm-hmm. High is bad. Low is good. Jonathan up. he's got 40 innings. That's my guy. Oh, come on. I think he does. Really? I mean, I feel like yeah, the, 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 glaring, the glaring answer here, I feel like, is Garrett Cole. Yes. Come on, guys. But no, but Loise is a good guess, though. No, Loise is actually second best. So Garrett Cole's 2.89. Oh, okay. Don't, uh, don't give us that. Don't give us that face when you're when you're oh, come, judging Garrett, us. Dude, Garrett Cole's he's, been He's like, had a salty taste in our mouth right now, all right? Yeah, he, I, he's not. His name is just not at the top of my list and top performers at this moment. I, I you love the your definition of top performer. Now. <laughs> Dude, what do you mean? He's given up like five runs and three of his last six starts. No, the wise goes a good guess. I was, I was going to go that route too. Yeah, no, like he's, a he's second. Yeah. He's, he's second at 3.18. Uh, um, he's barely pitched. He's 45 innings so far this year. Uh, who do you guys think is the worst? Wait, first of all, I'm just a- before we actually know, I'll do that afterwards. Yeah. Cause I don't want to give away. I, I got mine. Do you want to go first? You want me? No, to- no, go for it. It, yeah, these go, are guys that pitched over 40 innings. So I'm going to go Jamison Tyone. Close. Fuck me. He's second to last. God, I am barely perfect at the uh, at the silver medal tonight. Damn, I was going to bet. I was going to say JMO too. So I'm trying to think of like people who have 40 plus innings that would have who would have that. Um, let's see. He. He also has a home run per nine rate of 1.78. Good God. But a very low walk rate of 2.25 per nine innings. Is it Domingo? Is it, is it Monty? Oh, no. Armand? Domingo Wow. Yeah. He's 4.53. Uh, Talon is at 4.5. Uh, what's the, yeah, t- what's every- the top five? Uh, top five is Cole, uh, Luizga, uh, Lute. I'm going to mispronounce Licky. it. Licky. Let's go. Licky. Licky, Licky. Uh, Licky, 3.92. Uh, Chad Green, and then Jordan Montgomery. The fact that I feel like the fact that 3.92, correct me if I'm wrong, <clears throat> but I feel like having 3.92 as your third best guy is not a good thing. Yeah. So the, I believe the major league average is somewhere around four. Don't quote me on that, but I'm so, pretty sure over the years it's been close to four, which is kind of similar to, you know, ERA. So um, basically, so, we have three guys total on our team that are above average. Yeah, four guys that are below four. And I'm just curious. I'm just looking up the Red Sox right now. I know this is a Yankees segment. Well, the Red Sox only have three. So there Ooh, you go. Is it time to start the narrative that the Yankees are going <laughs> to take the East? <laughs> Off yep. of this one statistic? Well, if you guys listened to our episode that came out on Wednesday, BJ did promise us that we're going to get a Yankees poem after we sweep the Red Sox later in the month. So be listening out for that. The stats back it up. We've got a guy who does it for a living telling us the stats back it up. The Yankees are going 7-0 and against the Red Sox the rest of the month. I cannot wait to eat those words in the middle of July. Yeah. What a birthday <laughs> present that'll be for me. A nice sweep at the hands of the Red Sox at home, but. Yeah, with all these games in July, I don't know how often we're going to be talking to each other, BJ. It's going to be we'll, – we'll, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But 
There may be some well, uh, some the, awesome the off days. Season, <laughs> the season's over, right? So you guys can just enjoy the rest of the summer. Well, you I don't know. know. Or 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 BJ, or we had the best comeback in MLB history. Yep. Or, or that, or could, that could yeah. happen. I want that um, to happen. I I mean, obviously, I want it to happen because I'm a Yankees fan, but I want to have BJ on in October once the Yankees take down the, Red, the Red Sox, Sox tank. LCS. And they're yeah. selling and they're tanking. No, I want the Yankees to like barely capture like a wild card spot, like on the last day of the season, then come in and sweep the Red Sox. And then we have BJ on for the World Series odds. Just because of that eulogy you gave us. If so, it wasn't for the eulogy, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish that upon you. So suddenly a team that hasn't won the World Series since 2009 is going to figure out a way to actually make a run in the second half? Well, Absolutely. They've looked good all year. Why would they stop now? We were just trying to make it. We were just trying to make it interesting. That's that's why they were just trying uh, to make it interesting. Yeah, for, for the us. rest of the league. Th- yeah. Thank you guys. You're welcome. Yeah. We really. That's really. I cool. mean, we yeah, we we couldn't have a whole another year of just the Yankees dominating and then losing. I know the baseball. The is, Here's the thing. Baseball is desperate for the Yankees to be good. That's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm about to say. Yeah, get out. I was about oh, to man. say. I was about to that say. Is the, that the, is the worst thing that anybody has ever said. We're just doing this. <laughs> we're doing this for the league so that you know we can help another generation be fans of baseball. That's what we're doing. We're really, well said, we're really just waiting for the right time to come back, and then we pull off this extraordinary comeback, and then all of a sudden, baseball's a talk of the town. It's not the, it's not the NBA anymore. See, everybody who out there is listening who's not a Yankees fan. This is the Yankee fan delusional right here. This is the delusion of Yankee fans. They think that they they need to be good for the league to be good. I don't know it if that's the, it's just accurate. Better. I don't know. You can't, you can't argue with facts. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> No, in all actuality, the Yankees are completely irrelevant. Yeah, and um, the guys that make this league popular are the Tatises and the Acunas of the world, not uh, not Tim. Which one? Which, wait, let's take a bet. Which one's going to be a Yankee in, in eight years? Neither. Neither of them. How, how Steinbrenner's going to see the price tag and just have a heart attack on the field or on, in his office? Not, not yeah. that he would ever go to the stadium. If he ever went to the stadium, that would be. A miracle in itself. Completely but. separate note. Like I don't think Acuna's contract is talked about enough. Like he's Dude, he's taking the most team friendly deal of all time. Yep. His agent him and Alves. Uh, yeah, they're both of their respective agents need to spend life in prison. That is robbery. Yeah, they what they did is they they took the money early because yeah. they he they got that contract basically like after playing like half a season. Yeah, I mean Acuna is a four hundred million dollar player if he waits it out yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, they just took money. Uh, I think Eloy Jimenez did that for the White Sox too. I think he's only making like, you know, ten or twelve. I don't know what the exact number is, but like you know, ten or twelve million for the next six years. Yeah, Which, yeah so, that's nothing to scoff at. But when you're yeah. when you're Ronald Acuna, yeah, well, it's yeah. also yeah, it's also hard when you're you're 22 years old and they're throwing a hundred million dollars in your face when you haven't even actually like played a full season in the big leagues. It's kind of hard to bet on yourself. That's true. I that think point. they gave that to him when he was like 18 or 19. Yeah. If, some, if somebody wrote a check for a hundred million dollars to me when I was 18 years old, I would have yeah. I would have done anything in the world for that. So yeah, fair enough. Exactly. All right. Well, that will do it for for BJ. Thanks for joining us again, and we'll uh, we'll talk soon. But that'll do it from us for uh, Stat Talk this week. All the guys at 161st Street. I just have two words for you. See ya.